All right. Good evening. This is another edition of Right Under the Influence Open Mic Spoken Word Podcast. This is your host, Imperial Lefty, and we have a lovely group of poets with us tonight, ready to share their experiences. So first and foremost, these podcasts are recorded. So if at any point in time you don't want to be seen or heard, please let me know in the chat. We'll pause the recording for that portion of time, and then we'll continue with the show. If and when you are recording or performing, please state your name or your alias, whatever social media tag that you are followed in, and also the name of the piece you are performing. If your piece has a backstory to that, we would also appreciate if you would give that backstory so that the audience listening can have a better understanding of where and why that piece is coming from and just a better relatability. When anyone is performing, we do ask that all mics be muted so that the performers are not disturbed. Now, we all know that public speaking is not the greatest thing to do and some of our newer speakers are already in a nervous state. So let's give them the best opportunity to do what they are trying to do without needing to reset or cause any problems with the recording or any of the editing. Any questions, comments, concerns can be sent to me uh, privately or overall throughout the chat. And of course, any comments, concerns, praises, proclamations, positivities can be sent into the chat as the night goes on. This is a safe space. So regardless of the theme that is being spoken about, it is up to the artists themselves to express what they're feeling, how they're feeling, and why they're feeling. So let's be aware of that. We do not get to choose who we offend, but we do get to choose how we react when we hear things we don't like. So keep it clean enough and kind enough that we continue to keep this space safe. With all that being said, it is time to start the night. So Jonathan, the floor is yours. Thanks, Rich, thanks so much. Hey everybody, how's it going? Uh, you guys, probably all know me by now, so uh, I'll spare you the introduction. Um, I uh, am happy to read a piece tonight um, that uh, I, I was actually just explaining to uh, Kay about that um, my wife had given me this random prompt that I think is seasonally based because she's been talking a lot about like writing poems about autumn and winter and whatnot. And um, I, I, I just wanted to run with this idea she just gave me one word and and it was hibernation and that's the name of the poem and uh i just feel like uh this is this is kind of what came out i think it's um i think it's just sort of distilling a lot of like uh personal feelings and things i've been having about like being being sort of isolated throughout everything i guess i guess well i'll let you guys be the judge there is joy to the meaning of shadows whose shapes are voiceless friends on walls where caves meet daylight and reflect that truth through sun. 
where dancing rays spit visions from an outside world unsettled, knowing those who sleep all winter should have company most profound. Inside what hole finds peace, shielding hidden flames once kindled, as these comforts warm but dirty mix raw earth with flesh exposed. Now unbound while nature rules, resting free like God intended, living closely among creatures, finding sleep is proof enough how our actions mean much less, feigning worth by lost existence, spending days upon this marvel, wasting work for proper dreams, wondering if successes last far beyond hope's smallest gestures, or repose so underrated breathes new purpose, silence gifts, missing minds but chasing stars which are embers quickly faded between hours facing darkness, quiet shatters, rearing thoughts, building confidence wholly pure, against active lies still screaming, down long hollows, faith in habits, within facts such patience tells. And that's my piece. I really liked this poem. Um, to me, it, it, it really made me kind of think on the past, you know, eight, nine months of quarantine and how like we are coming up on winter, which there's a lot of seasonal depression out there for a lot of people and, um, I think it'll be really interesting. I kind of see, um, hopefully, that this whole COVID thing will begin to be un under control and to a point where we're able to really enjoy and be grateful for the times that we are able to go outside and like be with friends and, and you know take it more as like a, a really a time not to be wasted. Um, I think it's very it's a big blessing coming up to know that we'll be able to share times with our friends and I think it'll be a way more important than it has been. Yeah, absolutely, Kay. Like, I, I agree with that a thousand percent. Like, I, you know, I, I, th I think a big part of this poem uh, for me was, was, you know, wrestling with the idea of, you know, throughout, throughout quarantine, I always think of like, you know, this idea that like, I, it's not, it's not really, it's almost like not really being alive. It's like watching the world from a cave and like almost being okay with the shadows of, you know, the shadows and the reflections on the wall of the cave, uh, you know, that, that, sh that show us what the outside world might look like. And, and that's, that's something I'm wrestling with a lot still. I thought I'd get over it by now, but I, I guess, I guess, I guess not. No, that's, that's definitely fair enough. This, there is no new normal, even when we go back to being able to um, handshake and high five people without, you know, worry. But um, the, this sort of hum, humanity's hibernation from itself uh, <laughs> during this time has is, is been an interesting one because usually hibernation is sort of this restful quiet that we emerge in better times. And right now it's sort of a, it's a restless quiet. It's, it's, it's fraught with danger and <laughs> delusions and uh, we're, we're doing our best to find sustenance and feel safe. And I, I think your piece sort of touched on that a bit. Oh, thanks, Rich. Yeah, man, I, I agree. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I like what you said about dealing with, a, you know, a, a silence that's dangerous and dealing with delusions and, and struggling with, with that because it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things that I think that, I tap into that silence in order to write because I find that when I, I am in the quiet is when I feel like 
you know, life has reached a point where, it, you know, it almost feels like, you know, when, and I see this from a writer's perspective, because I think you need that. I think you need experience to sustain yourself creatively. But I feel like, you know, the, the, again, I, I reiterate, it doesn't feel really like life. It feels like something other than. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, thank you, John. And moving forward with the night, Kay, if you are ready, the floor is yours. Okay, so I'm Kay, everyone. Um, I'm disrupted by choice on Tumblr and Instagram. Um, and this poem that I'm reading tonight um, is, is major to me right now. Um, right around this time is the time for the last six, seven years that I've found myself in a terrible place um, with my addiction. And I was always in rehab for the last five years, no lie, um, in December, October, November. So uh, this one's, this is huge for me. Um, this time, this season, I won't be in rehab. And um, so I'm just kind of writing about how this goes. Okay. How to defeat a vice. A story how an addict determined my life. I thought it would save me another hit euphoria to bring. What was left unseen was the nightmare that came to fiend. As if in an arena, a fight, a body subpoena. The dissatisfaction of the desired more, a blow that continued to keep me on the floor. I thought with money I'd even the score, but scraps became what I chose to adore. Jumps from side to side, I mistook what kept me blind. A ring to detach, reality sound with chemical attacks. As my spirit's hallelujah left over time, a wrath convinced me I could overcome. I just needed a larger sum. But this vice became a gamble, a throw of the dice. Potential of overdose, the coast of this life. Was I done? Is this the devil's opportunity to run? No, not yet. My money's all in, this I bet. I had to, it was my mindset. Unaware of the insanity, my vice became the entirety. Is drugs played becoming my own reality or was it fiction that kept me protected from the nonfiction? I know I can handle. You see, my flame lights every candle. What do you mean function? I thought I was, despite the malfunction. My vice became destruction. I couldn't see because it was the only thing. That nightmare to chase every ring was dependence to sing. A decision made every year became my vice's very fear. Sobriety, you mean you want a mind clear? Humility proved yes with every tear. I'll get it right this time. Trust, I want nothing with the cost of the crime. Another winter season, my darkness found every reason. A relapse prevention, it was desired, but drugs came from every sanction. Another birthday and Christmas spent, drugs cost increased a mind space to rent. It didn't want anything to do with real. It was only after what I wanted to feel. Then the world stopped. This mess I knew needed to be mopped. Wiped to a blank canvas, I got rid of the evil, the ways of savage. But wait, not yet. You want this one perfect hit, it's your mindset. A way to prove I'm done, I'll show sobriety I'm one son of a gun. Just this last, and we can put this addiction to the past. How did it end? A reflection of foil to bend. I had my willpower, it would defend. But as if by gravity, this test was pulled by one hit, a mind that entirely was lit. That one, that last I desired, melted as I brought foil to fire. It wasn't enough, insane was me, the liar. With this mind, the one I couldn't see, had an ending I didn't expect, a downfall I didn't respect. I could no longer believe in demons that were lust. I had to find something new to trust. That first surrender, God became my defender. With sobriety a must, my mind's sanity came closer with every fuss. An anger to a boxing match, my truth piled into everlasting facts. Because this vice of mine forgot that I knew how to shine. 
No longer was my reflection seen by the distortion of tinfoil and a fiend. My heart, my spirit, and my mind found the stars with a knockout to find. The opponent couldn't stand as days became blessings made grand. The words I can't had no room to speak. I took back and stole with belief in a last and final duel. A passion of desire became my living. It was dire. This fight had tried and it tried, battling me with any thought it could find. But to me that's honest, I caught its every lie. You see, it was never me who I doubted. It was this addict mind that rerouted. The thoughts that sometimes play, I've defeated because my sanity's not a game. This sobriety is what I became with hell in my past behind. I finally got it right and meant it this time. Felt within every bone, a system of love was what was shown. A love for me, a way to redeem, or rather to accomplish the dream. How did I do it? I got angry, I threw every fit. I got depressed, but over time the worries became less. I got excited with the destruction that my past provided, welcoming in light a childlike. With a mind one-sided, my self-love grew and was finally invited. I got calm amongst the inevitability with paranoia that came anxiously. This strength became my reliability, one I could count on against the insanity. I got sporadic from the shame I held from being an addict, but with forgiveness and truth to me, I found safety and humility. I allowed myself to be scared when the past came up and blared. A sound I thought couldn't be defeated became the ground where my foundation was seated. With bravery and courage, I parted the fear with divorce of a marriage, the one I had made when I thought it was he who I obeyed. Until it became clear as day, there was not one reason, idea, or maybe to name that could take my sobriety away. I found God. This time I knew he would stay. I found a game ended with every day I fought and defended, putting to rest to become my own, the person I know best. I was continued to be blessed, but I struggled, this I'll confess. When the ability to walk away was the moment it cleared with an ending to stay, I left that vice in the ring cold as ice. A final knockout and left to die, this was the only way I would choose to survive. And over time I realized I had never known the truth of being alive. And that is the end. Well, uh, I wanna say that was a very beautiful poem, Kay. Uh, it was very story-like. Um, and, you know, definitely addiction is, is, is a disease. It's a very difficult thing to combat against. And, you know, what I liked about your poetry is it, it had a lot of wordplay in there that really goes in with the mind, with the mindset that, you know, um, addicts can have, which is gambling. Um, you know, we, you just want more, you want to go all in, you want to have a great time. And sometimes that's, that's one of the hardest things to get away from. Um, but overall, it just seemed like a very strong-willed story. So great job. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, yeah, there's a lot of addictions. They come in every shape and form. And, and I know my mind well enough now to know that it'll find anything. Um, so thank you. I just want to say congratulations on this year being a step forward. Okay, I just want to also say this was – um this piece was, you know, really incredible. Um, and, uh, I, I, I actually really loved the length of it. It was, it was, it was, um, a longer piece, but it was, it was necessary to be this long. I mean, it, it, you know, you, you conveyed ideas in there that I think required a lot of, I don't want to say explanation, but it required a lot of introspection on you know that you were able to convey to us you know through your through your poetry and prose 
And I, I, I love that this had sort of a spiritual edge to it too. I mean, I mean, I think a lot of your work and a lot of like this, um, you know, the, these reflections that you write, Kay, have, have that, which I always admire. But this one in particular, I mean, you, you, you directly, you know, dealt with it. I mean, you really face it head on. And I really, really admired that. And I mean, it only made me admire your journey and, you know, um, your triumph uh, even more. So this was, this was really, really beautiful and powerful and, and uh, a testimony to everything you've, you, you conquered, Kay. It's really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, as always, everyone who comments back to me, it just means it means the world. So thank you. Much, much appreciated. Moving on. Phil, the floor is yours. Okay. Um, so hi, everybody. Um, my name is uh, Phil. And um, this piece that I have for you here is basically inspired by I saw yesterday that was like this um, like one of those like child sponsor programs, but it was for like from like the 80s. And uh, instead of sponsoring a child, this for, was for uh, uh, sponsoring a Contra, a Nicaraguan, uh, you know, terrorist. Basically, they, they caused this like genocide in uh, Nicaragua that uh, killed off a lot of the Sandis, uh, Sandinistas and uh, other local ethnic groups. And this thing was, you know, it's like one of those like, oh, hi, you know, I'm from whatever, whatever. And for this much of a day, you can sponsor me, except for it was like a, um, <clears throat> you know, a Nicaraguan uh, guy, uh, the uh, terrorist person. Uh, so yeah, anyways, it was uh, military, US-backed uh, military coup. And anyways, um, so basically uh, that got me thinking about like, you know, how like the future of war is basically all going to be like privatized and stuff. So um, that being said, this is called... Uh, a double McWar with the side of fries and a Coke, which is a play on words because, um, you know, cocaine is how the uh, CIA is used to a lot, fund a lot of these coups. Anyways, <clears throat> it's nice to fight when the price is right. The rice patty hats in fright of being diced or set alight. I might sympathize, but I pray for a prize. I can pray on demand, no ban to pray on demise, because it pays well to serve hell, sold burgers with fries and bodies with flies, the bold brazen and brave don't sell, except to fell with gold on, in their eyes. The lies from the desk implies we might rest without bombing nests of commies and pests who infest investments of trick denial, arrest them quick, no need for a trial, Dial back the tone of your words so you simply seem like nerds who don't rain fire when you fly like birds. Another ambulance semblance absurd. The third world war new thirst. No, th not the first fiending, but possibly the worst. A hearst for hedge fund hegemony. Money spent on triage tent commerce. And that's the end. I, I gotta say, you, your rhyme scream, your rhyme scheme, file scream, is always so interesting, Phil. I, I just like how it can kind of like keep you going, like a little, um, you, you know, like the little tempo things. I forget what they're called. Well, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I think it's very interesting, and um, also with the content that you're talking about, uh, the words that you chose, uh, I, you know, feel were very relatable too, especially with how you um, 
told us that you came up with this. So, yeah, overall, very good. Phil, uh, dude, so glad to have you back. Uh, um, it's great to hear, hear from you, man. Um, this, uh, uh, this, was, this, was, this was awesome. Uh, absolutely love this piece. First of all, the title was absolutely legendary. Um, and, and as, uh, albeit, you know, even though it was humorous, uh, it was, it was really incredible. Like it was actually very, very, you know, well, it, it, it suited what you wrote really, really well, obviously. And it was, it was, you know, um, you know, executed even, uh, just as efficiently the rest, the, the remainder of the poem. Um, and again, as everybody's been saying, you know, your rhyme scheme is always so impressive, but on, honestly to me, Phil, I mean, which is, I mean, it's definitely one of your, your, your greatest strengths as a poet and as a, as a writer, but I really do admire how you draw inspiration from history and well, the world and politics and, 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 and events. Um, it, it is so difficult to write about things that are steeped in reality like this at least for me i know when i go to write poetry it's always so personal and it's so reflective and and there's nothing wrong with that i mean i would say that a majority of poetry comes from a place like that but to really deal with um poetry that's 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 historical you know like you you know like you, you know you um you're, you're you're so renowned for now um that's really that that's really special and it's unique and you always handle it so so well and i'm always um not only entertained but informed and impressed by your pieces phil so this was this was this was awesome um you know you create an awareness of things that maybe we don't even we've never we've never heard of or understand and then it gives us a frame of reference that we could go back and we can learn too with you and i and i absolutely love that that's really that's really awesome and and just an aside get your nephew to play some classic games uh, so he knows the roots none of that none of that Fortnite stuff all right <laughs> that's just that's just uh, just just some advice from a from a gamer but awesome awesome work man yeah um just before i uh give up the mic uh i just like to say that like the the concept of this is like pretty inherently funny like if you think of like you know like that like like uh, a third of the troops in afghanistan or in iraq or like private military and how basically everything governments are just getting more like you know privatized that like the, the the third world war will be you know a bunch of like Paul Blarts with like rocket launchers showing up on your door because you haven't paid your Amazon dues, um, is kind of dark but also like definitely kind of humorous in a way. Fair fair enough, Phil. And that was a very Phil piece in terms of both the historical implements and the well timed dark humor that is the reality of humanity's past. Oh yeah, I was just going to say uh, I'll put up the I'll put up the the thing I I saw on uh the the Discord, the uh what's it called the 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 picture where you can like sponsor the the Nicaraguan genocider just cuz like it's too ridiculous, you know, for me to actually describe. You'd have to see it for yourself. And that's also a great quick segue to saying that to all of our listeners, we do have a Discord channel where most of us get to chat day to day and experience each other not here on the podcast so feel free to check it out and with that being said atomic flop the floor is yours uh thank you uh can you guys can you guys hear me okay loud and clear 
cool. This is the first time I've ever done this with like earbuds. So I didn't know if it was going to be weird. Anyways, um, today or right now, I'm going to read a poem called Mixed Messages. I uh, posted it in the like Tumblr group uh, months ago and I never actually posted it to my Tumblr because I thought it was stupid. But I don't think that anymore. So I'm, I'm going to share it with you guys today. Oh, it's, it's based on me not replying to my friends' text messages, basically, because I wanted to talk to them, but I didn't want to talk to them. It was a weird period in my life um, that I still, to this day, don't quite understand, but um, I wrote a poem about it, and it made me feel better. So here it is. <clears throat> Your messages are left unread. My simple truths are left unsaid. I hate you. God, I love you. All I know is everything is red. I sense a changing in the wind. I feel my heart begin to bend. I want you now. Don't touch me. There's no telling when this war will end. I want to scream. I want to fight. I want you here because it's right. This hurts me. It's delighting. You're the ribbons on my truant kite. Your messages are left unread. I promise it's nothing you said. I love you. Lord, I hate you. Either way, I need to go to bed. The end. Wow. Short and sweet. And I think the i believe you are the ribbons on my truant kite was the line yeah uh, all right good i'm glad i heard that line correctly because that image alone is really well placed uh because the idea of a kite floating away and going like the ribbons on the kite are like sort of like a, a beautiful like aesthetic it, it, it's an it's like an emblem it's it doesn't really aid to the kite's flight but it's something that makes you know what's yours so for it to be truant, for it to not be where it's supposed to be, when it's supposed to be there, uh, was really beautiful in a way, in, in, it, in its sad way, when we're talking about wanting to speak to people, then not wanting to speak to people, and then understanding that there, there's that turmoil. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, I very much liked it. Um, you know, I, I kind of caught myself thinking back to times where you know, I really didn't want to talk to people that I really cared for, but at the same time, I did. And it's funny, with, with people that you really care for, there's always these weird, you know, emotions of love and hate. Because mm -hmm. it's not really that you hate them, but there's some things that, you, that they do that just irks you. Yeah. Um, but either way, I, I liked it quite a bit. Thank you. Yeah, this was this was a great piece. I I, I loved how I mean I'm I'm always a fan of you know I mean I I say this I say this every open mic so but like I I'm always a fan of like short form poetry, um but probably because I I'm so terrible at it and I and I actually really love when people can do it very well and yours was um yours was really really awesome and I loved how you made it almost like a dialogue it was conversational and for for a short form poem to be able to do that and to work so effectively that takes a lot of skill um and you 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 handled this like just really really well uh awesome awesome job thank you so much thank you guys all right all right moving on with the night alex the floor is yours all righty thank you guys yeah you guys can hear me okay all right uh, so this uh, poem that I'm going to be reading here is called Dreams. Um, it's a piece that I, I recently just wrote. Um, you know, it's been a little while since I've gotten back into writing, and I was kind of just trying to get myself back into it. 
and this is kind of just what came out. Um, I was thinking a lot of like dreams and what has driven me to get to the point that I'm at. And I guess you could say that's in part what this is about. All right, so here it is. What is this blur? A wave so deep, this sleep, this sleep feels undeserved. I returned with such grace. This state of mind I feel must be preserved. I've heard of distant lands of pure black sands that seem untouched. And to these visions I've clutched, which has driven me towards this void I call financial lust. I trust this process thrives on the souls of believers that think just maybe this life ain't so tough. In time, we find that these minds are indeed corrupt. They'll rot to the bone. And to those naysayers, I'll consider what's shown that sometimes life needs to take on a different tone. I've grown impatient. There's need to slow down. And it is very clear that I've yet to find life's beautiful sound. Still, I'm proud of the journey. From laying in bed feeling undeserving to gaining a quench for success so deep it's burning. It's not the end that I fear, but the thought of a wasted existence should bring anyone to tears. The end. I related to a lot of that, um, the financial must where like that's kind of been the void. Um, and then also the patience I can really relate to. I hate slowing down. I hate the feeling of slowing down. I hate when I'm like not going above and beyond. Um, so I really, I really related to this and I, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, I've caught myself a lot of times just getting so uh, quickly irritated with things that I, I feel like I just need to, like, slow it down. Alex, um, you know, dude, uh, what, what, what transcendent work um, – th- this, was, this, was, this was such powerful stuff, man. And, and, I, and I feel like, you know, every time I hear, I hear your, your poems, um, I, I, I just know I, it's just, they're just so genuine. There's, there's really just such a genuine um, voice. And, you know, um, you're, you're working on a higher level uh, here with, with, you know, things that, again, like pulling no punches, you know, uh, just, you know, dealing, you know, there, there's, there's these philosophical elements to it too. And you, you know, there, there's like, there's like a, like an intellectual edge to it, but yet it's so grounded very much in your own personal experience. And I, and I love that. And, and I think that's why it, it, it's resonating so well with us because it's, um, it's not, it's, it's not something that is, is easily done, but this was, this was just incredible work. And, um, a really meaningful piece, Alex, and I'm glad to hear your writing. It's uh, because you have really a, an amazing voice. Uh, thanks, John. I really appreciate it. As we do. As we move on with the night, and again, just some great, great poetry, great feedback, good, genuine energy. Soul Reserve, the floor is yours. Uh, thank you so much. That That is actually true. Beautiful words from everyone tonight. I'll begin with a quick acknowledgement of country. I'm reading to you from the land of the Wajak Noonga people, who are the traditional custodians. I recognize their ongoing connection to both the land and the sea. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. The, the poem that I'm going to read today is really special. Um, 
I, I feel it's special. I'm excited by it um, because I went into a nature reserve uh, for a walk and I saw an abandoned nest of honeybees. And um, it was incredible because this structure was very different from anything I'd ever seen. Uh, so I thought that it might be a native beehive um, and I researched a bit and I've included the facts in, in this poem. It's called, When the Bees Left Home. I am the abandoned hive of bees up in the crook of the old gum tree, time-worn and exposed, torn. I am home, I was home, dense and blush, ideal for a native body. I should have been wanted. I do not seek the unwelcome wasps or the mellow moths or even bees of a different kind meddling to be mine. I look over flowers that beckon you, your voluble call, your velvety and powdery body, your helmet of gold and gauze, your eyes of broken black onyx and your sting bindi in the foot. With my hollow shaped by secret chambers, where endless patterns are at play, my cells soft with worry, my nooks designed for brooding, these places of healing inside me I crave. And yet all is still. I should be abuzz, my combs bedaubed with honey, oozing with nectar, for I am conditioned for receiving. I should be swarming with your comings and goings and with the glow of the seasons settling into me. And yet, all is empty. Only a faint residual smell of the once thriving, an odorous fermenting mixture of stale pollen and honey clings to me. These walls that you'd smoothened and hardened with resin, where I hold on to the branches, give in. The tree shrugs me away with every tug and pull, with every sway, with every new breeze, purposeless and idle like lost memories I'm disintegrating. I am the abandoned hive of bees up in the crook of the old gum tree, undesired and exposed, tired. I can't remember now when the last one of you decided to leave me and go, or was it all at once that you picked up and left, if that was how I came to be a lonely and abandoned nest. The end. Thank you. Wow. Uh, so that was such a beautiful piece. I loved every second of it. Um, it's it's very common, you know, with your pieces that you have this kind of way of just bringing the reader in, um, you know, through your personification and the, you know, way that you illustrate these these images and, and, and people's heads with those words. You know, overall, I, I really also liked, um, you know, that you were talking about bees, uh, because people don't realize sometimes just how important bees can be, um, especially to the environment and just as a whole. Um, and at the end too, when you were talking about, you know, when you, when you were talking as the nest, um, I thought that that really resonated with me in a few ways as well. But uh, that, that was amazing work. Thank, thank you so much, Alex. Um, what excited me about this poem was there was a bit of research I had to do because um, the nest that I saw was quite different. It had flaps like, like a fungus. Um, and it was on this 
big gum tree. Uh, gum tree is the eucalyptus tree that is quite common here. And it was quite high. It, it would have been about 10 feet high. Um, so it was incredible to see this massive structure and it was just abandoned. So um, I, I had to ask a few people around about um, the nature of the bees that live in that hive. And it was just sad to know that um, bees actually regularly leave their hives. Um, it could be because of conditions um, of not getting food or um, they, they, there's multiple conditions why they would abandon a hive. But I just felt so sad for the hive. And um, I thought I could bring that emotion in into the poem. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, uh, this was, uh, this, this poem, um, if, I'm, if I may be so bold to say, uh, you were, I, you felt like you were channeling, um, uh, the unofficial saint and my patron muse, Emily Dickinson here. Uh, that's, you know, that's the kind of, imagery you were working with and um first of all your research really paid off um i i you know the the explicit level of detail you know coupling that with your with your you know your given style and 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 your the finesse that you execute these words with was just absolutely unbelievable uh this was this was a really really interesting piece and it was it was so image driven but and and I, and I don't even know how I can say this because all of your work is so obviously image driven but you took this one to new heights and I think again it's because you going um you drawing so much from a single experience that was that was very tangible and then taking that and and doing uh, research like almost like novelists do for their for their narratives you did this for your poem right um, that was it was it was unbelievable you, you, you this was as with all your work so wow um, uh, definitely a, a gamble uh, well paid off soul incredible thanks Jonathan not Emily Dickinson no <laughs> I haven't reached uh, that level, but thank you. Thank you so much. I think, I think at the end of the day, we have to remember that all poets were just people. So let's not, let's not pull ourselves so far away from the pedestal that we put people on. And with that being said, uh, we have come to the end of round one. I will close round one out, and then we will start up with round two. So... I am Imperial Lefty, or Richard. Uh, today's first piece, uh, I, I said earlier in the pre-show that I'd be pulling all of my work from different just verses from a Bible I found in my house. So, John, there's a lot of concrete to be filled, so we're going to really stretch the, uh, the skill set tonight. So this comes from uh, Chronicles uh, verses 1 and 2. Then he made a bronze altar, 20 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, 10 cubits tall. He also made the molten sea. God has this way of creating prisons within the people he meant to free. It's beautiful in the way that we construct structures to give us shelter, 
without understanding that there were chains hidden in the sand. We toil through soil and toil again, misrepresenting our flesh for further exploration. We make tools to toil and yet the job is never done because we evolve. Free will is such a dangerous thing when you choose to be free with it. It makes the dull hammer a sharp spear. It makes the prayer a promise. It makes wanting, willing to do harm. 20 cubits long, wide, 10 cubits tall, and a molten sea to push us out adrift into. The thing about a molten sea is that you do not sink in it. It is too hot. You float and you burn and you die in such a terrible way. This earth was molten and then became sea. We went from burning to drowning, but death was the cycle that kept us going. That's where evolution comes from. The dying and the re-dying, the escaping from the prisons and the chains. The end. Rich, I feel like you have to do a whole series of this. I mean, this was, this was really, um, this was really incredible. I mean, um, just, I, 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 I don't, for, I mean, for the life of me, I don't, I'm not able to understand how you're, you're able to take something straight out of, uh, straight out of the Bible and to, uh, manifest, uh, and conjure, um, such eloquence around it like that and um that really was that really was unbelievable and i and i do think that um i would love to see um if there was a common thread through all these pieces if you if you did a series like this but that's just that's just me i'm just curious about like thematic like overarching thematic elements and things like i always feel like writers do that and i think that with your work rich like i sometimes i do see common threads which i which i which i really admire and i but this particular piece like to have you work on again like the idea of taking random bible verses and applying um, one's own sort of gifts to it and, and, and like expanding upon it, like poetically, I mean, I think you're definitely the person for the job. <laughs> All right. I'm already working on two other projects right now that I'm already procrastinating about. Uh, but I'll give you this, I'll give you 12, I'll give you a 12 short piece series. You get to check in on me and hold me accountable, but, but we'll start there. Okay. Okay, it's a deal. All right, awesome. So with that being said, that is the end of round one. Jonathan, you open up round two. I'm actually going to uh, I'm gonna pass on to the next person this round, Rich. Fair enough. Okay, floor is yours. 
I actually do not have one. Um, I might find one later to do, but right now I, you can just go ahead and pass me. Atomic flop. Uh, I, I got something. Um, yeah. All right. So this is, this is the first thing I ever posted on Tumblr, like ever. And I wrote it at 3 a.m. So it's called it's 3 a.m. Um, it was basically just about me not being able to fall asleep and at the same time being anxious about how unclean my room was. So here we go. <clears throat> the trio winding on the clock keep clicking, clicking, cannot lock. The pictures, posters on the wall hang crooked, crooked, do not fall. The pile of cover across the floor lays growing, growing evermore. The walls keep pushing in and in, then out they pull, I breathe again. The little bookcase to my north is leaning, leaning, looking forth. The coated skin above my sight is fluttering, fluttering, not tonight. The murmurs flying in my head are whispering, whispering, go to bed. But the trio winding on the clock keep clicking, clicking, cannot stop. The end. I thought that was really neat. Like, I, I was like trying to think about it as you were, you know, saying it in my head and I'm like uh, imagining it. And for some reason, like those little characters from Beauty and the Beast, you know, the, the inanimate objects that are animate just came to mind for some reason. I don't know why. But anyways, that was, that was great. Thank you. That's actually what I thought about. Like after I looked at this piece, I was like, this, this gives me Beauty and the Beast vibes. So thank you. This was really, really awesome. Um, I, 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 again, I, I always say this, but taking something as mundane as, you know, thinking about like your room, you know, just sitting in your room and thinking about how it, you know, you have to clean it or, or, or something along those lines and being able to turn that into poetry, that might be the essence of, at least to me, what, what, what is like, the 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 root of artistry is the impulse of creativity it is the it is the beat of creativity the very the very heartbeat of it and that's you did that right here you know and 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 again even though it's a short form piece to be able to tap into that pulse in such a short space is pretty amazing so awesome thank you so much Definitely. I think to John's point and to Alex's point, it was a very easy to imagine piece. So it was very realistic in both its setting and then the the narrative through it going like literally your eyes scanning a room at 3 a.m. and just going, this is me right now. So I, I think you hit you hit that nail on the head pretty well. Thank you. Uh, with that being said. Alex, if you have another piece for us tonight, the floor is yours. Yeah, sure. I was actually uh, digging through some of the origins of my Tumblr to see what I would find. Um, and I found a couple of pieces that I, I think I'll share. Uh, obviously, just one now. Um, the first one is called Unworldly Thoughts. Um, I think this was around the time that I was um, like a freshman in high school. So this was probably like 10 years ago. Um, and I was just coming to terms with a lot of things. So yeah. yeah, here it is. It is the will of one or shall it be the will of another to see life's changes done, embraced in the arms of many others. It leaves me clueless to say the least. 
At times, I wonder why it could be that these horrid passions may feast upon these unworldly thoughts no one may see. And so I reach back to claim my place. I am in shock or hereby finished by the cold death hands on my face. By the reaper's will, I've been diminished. The end. Well, Alex, um, uh, awesome. I mean, uh, you know, speaking about like, you know, short form pieces again, I mean, this was, um, I, I love to, I love to see like how, uh, your, your work is, is evolving. I mean, you know, and I, and I always say that when you write work in the past, never is it bad or not as, you know, not as good as what you've written now. I don't, I don't like to compare and contrast like that. I mean, for me, I, I always like to say it's different. I feel like there's validity to all art, all things we say, there's meaning and uh, profound uh, beauty to all of it. And, and, and it, 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 I mean, right. Cause it's a, it's, it's a reflection and indication of our life and where we've been and, 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 um, and, and I guess our soul, if you will, you know, and uh, and that that journey, that growing process, and this was, I guess, you know, it was it was captured at a certain moment in time where you you know you felt um, you know what you laid out in the poem, and uh, I I really liked it because I think it explored a little bit of a different aspect of what you normally write about. I mean, you know, we've seen you explore dark things in the past, but this was this was this was pretty like to the point dark you know it wasn't just like um eloquently dark it was like pretty pretty stark but i like that and i felt like it was raw and honest and real again like your last piece and yeah dude i mean i i think what would be phenomenal is um is you working on a piece like this in the future and uh keeping you know keeping it short just to just to challenge yourself just to push your limits and to adapt this to your newer voice and I would love to see the results uh, just as a compare, uh, a comparison in the sense of, uh, you know, uh, how far, uh, how far things may have changed or not have changed. You, you never know. You might realize that there's more similarities than you think, but this was, this was a fantastic piece, man. Uh, yeah. Thanks, John. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I remember um, when I was a lot younger starting out and writing, I was always a lot more like stark or blunt to the point. Um, and, you know, it, it took me a, a little bit of a longer time to get used to the more, I guess, you know, um, uh, creative part to it, I guess. Not, I don't want to say creative, but just more like visual, you know, I guess you could say. Um, but thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Alex, for that piece. All right. Though so this is a quick <laughs> round two. I am going to do my best to close it out as we move forward with the night. So this next uh, piece, Imperial Lefty here again, for those listening on the podcast. This comes from Second Kings, chapter two, verse 24. The prophet turned and saw them, and he cursed them in the name of the Lord. Then two she-bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the children to pieces. Royalty has no soul. It is a misrepresentation of birth and birthright and human rights and the willingness to be wrong. We put people on pedestals and forget that it's just wood to be burned or sawed in half to bring figureheads crashing down. 
I've never understood the ability to curse with power. It is those who believe in curses that give way to their soul to be cursed. Witches feed on fear, and so do prophets. They want your belief to fuel them, because if we give silence to their words, they hold nothing. They are but wanderers waiting to die in the sands outside of town. Nature in its own right, protects itself. We don't need to do anything. The course is the course. And with our mistakes, Mother Earth will absolve us. But through fire and flood and wind and rain and all other manner of insect that she holds at her whim. So let us pray. Let us drop to a single or both knees without breaking and pray that something within us is real. Curses, they only feed what we give them. So be it your tongue or your knee or your breath or your blood or your flesh or your children, feed or starve, the end. Curses feed only what we give them. That's, that's profound stuff. I really liked that line, Rich. Um, and I, I, it's funny because I, I feel like there's been a lot of um, self-fulfilling prophecies in my life where you think that something's going wrong and you think it's because of a you know, I don't want to say a curse, but some sort of something, something that maybe you have that's not entirely in your control. Let's put it that way, a superstition. And lo and behold, it is only what we give it that to the extent of what control it exerts back over us. Um, yeah, I, I stand by my assertion that this should be, um, this should be like written down and a, and compiled and you should like really you know, do this often. This is, this was incredible work. Thank you, John. Uh, yeah, it's a, like I said earlier, it's a, it's a step further into the skill set. So it means it's a step into the uncomfortable zone, which is where all the magic happens. So if you ever want to get better at anything, get uncomfortable and then try something. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, that, that line did, it felt good to say. And in terms of self-fulfilling prophecies, I'm not, I'm not a very spiritual person anymore, at least. Um, so a lot of when I think of these things, like there are so many things that we don't have control over, but that's not to say that we're powerless. There is a healthy sense of helplessness that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And we need to understand that it doesn't make us powerless though because we can always react we can always plan for things to happen and then we can always control our reactions as long as we understand those two things the helplessness doesn't become overwhelming at least that's a personal philosophy i could obviously be terribly terribly wrong no man i respect and understand that and um 
but it's it's amazing it's you know you, just like you know you say like even though personally you may not identify as spiritual per se but um your writing and your ability to uh expound upon um very spiritual subject matter uh speaks speaks very much of of uh of kind of like a faith if you will a belief you know and i and i and i like that i i like that you you occupy that area rich like there is some there is ambiguity there there's 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 almost like a you know um uh, uh, like a realistic like uh, like clinging to like an empiricism but there also is that subjectivity to what you say too and i think that that's that's the mark of a true of a true wise person of a true wise man you know to be able to occupy that gray area and say you know what if and perhaps rather than i know for sure and that's what i that's i mean and, and your work you know including this piece this piece in particular it does that very very well what I will call it, since we're not going to call it um, spiritualism or, or a religious faith, I have empathy for the faithful, which means I will do my best ability to understand where they come from so that I can speak with that sense of weight. Because I do come from a religious household. I have a religious background. My choices of whether or not to worship are my own but it doesn't make me ignorant to why people have faith. Well, you know what they say? I mean, at least in my estimation, the best religious stories were written by atheists. And I can honestly, I can honestly, <laughs> I can honestly say that. Uh, it's, it's um, in my own experience, it's true. Uh, we'll talk about that another time. But yeah, that most narratives I've read that were, I think, the most spiritually touching uh, including films and games and whatever, what have you, they were written by atheists or self-proclaimed um, skeptics. So that, that says something to me. All right. So that is the conclusion of round two. Um, I know that that was relatively quick. If people would prefer, we can pause the current recording and give people time to find a piece for round three. If not, if people have things ready to speak on, we can hop right in. Uh, so, because John, you would be leading round three off. So I don't know if you had time to find something to read or if you are um, acquiescing to the uh, rest of the night. I, uh, I I have a piece actually. I don't know if I read it or not. That's the that's the thing. Um, uh, I would say, yeah. I would say go for it. Well, you know what? I'll I'll just I'll just go with my new piece that I wrote today. Um, I'll just go with that since I since I know I know I haven't read that one. Um, okay, so this one. Uh, uh, speaking of spirituality, uh, this one. Um, this one is me wrestling with um, the, exactly that the intangible and trying to um, trying to rationalize certain things or not even rationalize but trying to break out of rationalizing things which i think holds me back i um I, you know uh in um uh storm's uh uh, po uh other podcast uh with um with with right under the influence we had a great discussion uh, on the round table about um 
uh, philosophy and human evolution uh, with computers and things like that. But anyway, to make a long story short, um, it sparked this idea in my head about like logic and reason actually being sort of a prison. And the true art lies within the confines of that and sort of like our brain being this semi-permeable sort of net or cage that allows this true divinity in my feel, in my personal opinion to come out when we, when we tap into that creativity. And I think that that's the basis for this. So I'll read it. It's called abstraction. I'm placing unconscious emphasis on what fortunate glimpse awaits me held beyond this gate where reason is a prison for art unbound, which speaks immaculate tales from, it whis from its whispers hushed through instinct, stoking fires only challenged by these means our world has pushed. Weren't gifts but sinful tests of abstractions fraught with logic, now accustomed to earth's bidding since our language won't suffice Mere expressions, math obscures, tethered down for standard practice, stripping color, losing semblance, gaining measures, feelings miss. Selling methods, sporting forms, hiding freedoms, grown suspicious, lacking substance truly fathomed behind deadlines not imposed. Only real if time permits partial dreams between each meeting, though forever keeps repeating subtle wisdoms winds may bring. Floating oils, heavens drip like acrylics poured for canvas, drying out yet never famished, drinking faith their thirst implores. Humans taste God's painted rain, drawing souls while sipping visions, quenching fear among his people, begging Eucharist blood creates. And that's, that's my piece. I, I, I really enjoyed that last line. Hey, the I mean the Eucharist is the body and the wine is the blood. So I, I felt I felt substance in, in that last in that last line. I felt I could eat and feel something. No, thank you, Rich. I mean it, it was uh, again like I I've been I, I was researching uh you know, I was saying in the pre-show about these this idea of what the uh I was raised in the Catholic religion and though i don't really identify it much as catholic anymore uh they talk about these things called the eucharistic miracles which are which are supposedly uh incidents where the eucharist itself actually becomes a piece of flesh or or blood or filled with blood um and um i was really taken aback by the images i i came across and the articles i had read about it um you know whether or not you know we're not you know i'm not the, you know it's not about whether or not it's true or whatever or anything like that it's just the idea of it the image the concept was really really striking to me um and um i felt compelled to apply that to the idea that our flesh is um is is kind of like um an expression or an extension of this instinct, which is to create, which I feel the creator is that is, is pure love and creation and our bodies reflect that. But our minds, our, 
our rationality, our logic. We use it to occupy and inhabit this material world um, where we quantify and qualify everything. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's not really the reality. The reality is what's, is what's at this core and what comes out when we, when we communicate like this and have this dialogue and there's this, there's this shared sense of feeling, which is something intangible that we can't always explain. And I think that's kind of where, that's kind of where the concept of this poem came from. All right. Thank you, John. Uh, moving on. Kay, if you were able to find another piece for tonight, the floor is yours. Okay. So this one I took from one of my most reblogged um, poems on Tumblr, and it was only a four line um, poem, but I decided the other day to add to it um, with a very, petty attitude um, towards my ex. And so um, this is it. We used to be fiends for each other. I'd even go as far to call us lovers. But you broke me, and in the process, I learned to break others. Let me fixate the process, a heart taken with each complex. We laid in the sheets, but the cheating made the beats. I was found a mess. Tragedy is best. You taught me how to be true, but against it, me and my heart blew. Sure, there were only a few but the sickness rang with every cue. A text message shined on the phone, a playback, a reminder of why I'm alone. Never able to pinpoint the pride. I guess it's from all that you had lied. Now unbreakable inside, only because I no longer let anyone reside. My truth is mine, it's locked, kept, and confined. I run around this place with a doll-like face. Features made enticing, charismatic temperature rising. The lies I tell resemble how I fell. Making fiends all around, levers to break with a harsh sound. I was broken before, now I break others to the core. Laundry drips on the floor, but the numbness allows me to ignore. The truth of the science, the chemistry of the reliance, the sadness and grief, the lies and disbelief. I'm found a mess in a slinky silk dress. Heartbreak is my new digress. I wish I wouldn't have made myself less. But with what's broken, I take men's sweatshirts as a token, reminding me of how pathetic the ways you had showed me as empathetic, insensitive, manipulative, and destructive. As I look in the mirror, things start to show clear. An image that spits you, the reflection of who I became, the thunder I despaired is true. I became someone I regretted and didn't even know. And that is the end. All right, all right, all right. That was very real. That, um, that had just, it had it so much to do with just real relationships and how when you're not completely separated from the person or broken away from them, like bad habits, petty habits, as you alluded to, like tend to form and you, can, you sort of use them as a weapon against other people. And like sometimes it just, it's worth acknowledging in order for you to heal from those experiences because it's not always the best version of yourself, but it may be the realest version of yourself at that time. Yeah, Kay, I just <laughs> sorry, to, No, I'm sorry, Kay. I just wanted to add really quick to what Rich said. Yeah, um, I mean, this this piece was, um, I mean, I, I really, really identified with this one a, a thousand percent. I mean, this one was, um, I, I, I have a soft spot or, or, or I guess a very personal point of reference for these relationship poems where, you know, you know, where we talk about like how these things fail and the loss of them and the way it affects us. And I, I honestly feel like it is, it is, um, is like one of the most, uh, 
profound and heart-wrenching experiences a human being can go through um and uh, to go through to go through it multiple times, which I think many people have, myself included, you you know it it's it's almost like it begs for it to become a poem. Uh, it's it's almost as if that the loss itself is the is the poetry. You don't even have to write it after a certain point. It kind of just happens. Um, and I I feel like these the, the images that you used here, the ideas of like the clothing. I mean, you I I really liked that. Because there, when you when you when you come out of these relationships or, or or these things end, and what's left behind are artifacts. It's just artifacts, and those like you know we may not think much of artifacts in the in the moment here and now of something that was so recent, but if you go to a museum, what does it have? Artifacts, and it immortalizes things. It's very strange, it's sad, but it's also quite meaningful and beautiful and necessary for us to grow um, and to wrestle with that. And I think you handled that incredibly well, Kay. Thank you, thank you to both of you. It's, it's funny because I, I haven't been single in quite a long time, but I do, so me being single now has been like a total shock of like, I don't know how to go about it. Um, but in my past, that was my pattern. I would take it out on new, new, um, you know, new boys that would come into my life or whatever. And I did it without a heart. I didn't even realize I was doing it. I just kept doing it. So um, it was my petty way of letting go. <laughs> of what like I imagine myself doing to get over a breakup but is totally like not even close to what I've done but thank you guys as the uh as the saying goes this poetry is therapy or therapeutic so use this space however you need to get through the next day all right as I look through the queue atomic flop if you have something left for us tonight the floor is yours uh, thank you. Um, it's not a poem. It's more of a journal entry that I wrote when I was feeling, I don't know how I was feeling actually, but I wrote it and it, uh, it, I don't know. I just want to share it. So, um, here it goes. I called it authors and oceans. There are people, there are my people, and then there are friends. People are everywhere everyone, noises in the background, currents in the ocean. My people are the questions on holidays, the sweaters in the mailbox, the gossip on the street. Friends are authors and editors, critiquing and rewriting parts of me they don't think the world is ready for. And the current gets stronger, the questions harder, the critique harsher, until I'm drowning in the sheer effort of opening my eyes each morning. The end. Man, uh... Uh, atomic flop your your work is just it, it's just it, it doesn't it doesn't hold back you know you this was this was great um yeah and and i and i can see like you know there there was a a similar sort of like uh like like overarching you know um like technique that you use here which is um you know like it's almost conversational it's very matter of fact but there's images there. There's the, like, you know, you used like a few images in this piece and, 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 and it's, it, it is poetic. It's prose, but it's, it's, it is indeed poetic. Um, I really related to this piece. And I feel like if you were to 
condense this into like a single image, you know, and you were to put this like, let's say on Instagram or something like that, I feel like you would get like uh, a thousand, you know, re, you know, likes and reblogs and things like that, because this is, I feel like many people feel like this on a daily basis, uh, you know, myself included. Uh, and um, it's a very relatable piece. And I like what you said in the beginning. It's like, I don't know how I was feeling, but I wrote this. Sometimes we don't have to know what we're feeling, but I think the words know us better than ourselves. And sometimes mm -hmm. you have to let them speak for you instead. And you did that here. And that was, that was incredible. Thank you a lot. I, I never know if like the stuff I'm writing will ever be relatable to anyone else. Cause I feel like I overthink things or I like think strangely. I don't know. So it's really nice to hear that you like related to it and you could resonate with it. Yeah. Uh, to, to John's point and I think what we need to, uh, this again, I'm I'm on a soapbox here for for half a second. We're we're all human. There are obviously certain instances in our lives that we can only experience because we are who we are. However, we are not so much different than the next person that we have to feel ourselves so alienated to not be relatable. So this is a message I want to say to everybody, um, because as a molder of young minds, uh, I, I want to make this very clear. You have impact on whoever you speak to, on whoever you interact with. Have a smidge, not saying you have to go and become a whole new person, but have a smidge more confidence and your ability to relate to another human being. Because trust me, your story may in fact save someone else's life. And with that deep thought done with, Alex, if you have something left for us, the floor is yours. Alrighty, I have one more here that uh, I dug up from my uh, my Tumblr there. I think I was around sophomore year of high school or junior year when I wrote this. Um, and I remember, uh, you know, taking in a lot of lessons, like from school, like the books that were required of us to read, which for some reason now are banned, but that was pretty interesting. Um, and they give me different perspectives on things and I, I appreciated reading more. Um, and this one actually came from the book, um, ah, that little mouse and talks about need and want. can't remember the name right now, but yeah, but that's kind of where this inspiration came from. Uh, it's called The New Generation. Necessity and desire, these go hand in hand. Neither will ever tire, but today one does command. What does it mean to want? To ask for what one does not need, a wish felt someone must grant and a substitute for necessity, greed. And this is so necessary to feel better. I'm sorry, and this is... Is this so necessary to feel better than one another? This has been society's obituary, soon to deny thine own brother. Can one be so obscene? The chariot seen only is gain and abomination. Is this the classic teen? No, it is the new generation. Necessity and desire, 
Is this the message meant to send? It will continue to feed the fire, and when seen in light, it will blend. The end. I love that line in there, Alex, about society's obituary. Um, uh, I feel like that 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 summarized your your entire you know thematic thread there in that piece. And what's what's really interesting is again, like I think I think this I think this piece proves my point from before, is that we write something a long time ago. And oftentimes it ages and it becomes even more relevant than we even gave it credit for initially. And this piece, I feel like, is so applicable to a lot of things going on right now and how a lot of people feel. Um, and also just this, you know, this particular portion in a, in, in a person's life in general. I mean, you know, being that age and writing writing this was really really profound stuff uh and um you you know you really did a great job with it alex and again like it's a testimony to how our writing never our writing never expires okay i i, I firmly believe that it never expires it only um it only grows with age it only it only it only becomes more you know um i guess finer with age like a wine or something you know as cliche as that is but it's true but it does not it does not expire uh thanks john you know uh, back then i was really fighting uh with a lot of my own desires you know trying to prioritize things and uh i, I think realizing that you know my generations and the ones to come have really kind of switched up on what you know really matters but yeah that's that's a talk for another day There was a line in there, I think it was, um, kind of talking about how we, is it like a, a thing to battle another person with how we feel like we're trying to one-up everyone, um, and I feel like with society, it is that way, a lot of the way, um, you know, with Instagram or whatever, it's like, okay, who can go on the cooler trip, or who can have, like, the better this or the better that, and that's something that I really, I really took away from this, was just, like, the comparisons, like, are we, do we really need to be better than anyone else, why can't we just accept ourselves as we are? So thank you for sharing. Uh, yeah, definitely. No, I, I appreciate it. Um, I actually think that the the one that you, the line that you're talking about was right just before I, uh, that society's obituary line too. So it was kind of relevant. Well done. Well done. Well done. All right. So moving on and getting closer to the end of round three. Uh, C, if you are ready, the floor is yours. All right, thank you. This one's called Mind's Labyrinth, and it goes, Haunted hopes and golden ropes. I dance tread grounds to the labyrinth of my mind, but I cannot find the end. I'm only making a beeline to the monsters in my head, walled in by insecurities and shifting fears, traveling in the dark, searching for the light, carrying swords to slay my demons, while still searching for the courage to face them. I wander in this maze of mine and mind, and I'm both determined hunter and terrified prey. The end. I like that a lot. That was very interesting. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like when I get lost in my head, we, we, we create much bigger demons than, you know, what our problems actually entail. And sometimes it's very hard to find that courage. Um, but, you know, so all it really takes sometimes is just that first step 
once you get moving, everything else should fall in place. Uh, uh, that's kind of how I felt when you were reading it anyways. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes sometimes your head is a mess and you just you just need to keep walking. See, this was this was such um incredible work. Uh again, like I, I love when there's profound meaning um exemplified um you know in a, in a you know in a short space and this was you know really really well done and kind of like what alex said um it's very very relatable you know it's it's something that um you know you 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 took that topic and you were able to make it um you know not only to like 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 extract it and like explain it in a great way but also to um make it you know um, something that the audience would feel very kindred with. And um, I, I loved it. It was fantastic work. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that you all were able to uh, resonate with it. I'm just glad that you are back for a second week. Again, we're, like, we're trying to grow this safe space in this community. So the fact that, you know, people are coming back, that tells us we're doing at least one thing right. So Thank you for coming in and sharing your piece. No problem. I love here. So most likely I'll be here as much as I can. Awesome. All right. With that being said, we're coming to the end of round three. Uh, and I will be closing that out. Imperial Lefty here again. And for this, we will be taking uh, a few bits and pieces from uh, this part. So this is from Proverbs uh, chapter nine, verses seven, 10, and 13. He who corrects an arrogant man earns insult. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The woman folly is fickle. She is inane and knows nothing. We are mistakes wrapped in literature, tossed into an ocean of misrepresentation. And I do mean to misrepresent what it is that we want our message to be. Insults come quick and sharply or dull and painless. It is up to those who insult us to know us. So simply put, if someone knows nothing, they can insult nothing. Take nothing personally unless there is a person in your heart who speaks as such. Wisdom is a tool. And like most tools, it is used to build or destroy and we may build ladders to heaven to reach gates to God, or we may be ladders to hell and go layer by layer by layer to shake hands with the devil who would much rather have our soul strewn across a vast expanse of lust and languish and wrath and greed. We build, we build homes on earth for the time we spend between heaven and hell and we spend our worry and our wealth on trying to avoid one or the other and that is where faith 
become such a valuable asset. Faith in ourselves, faith in significant others, faith in different tones of flesh that society has told us are worthless. It's funny. If you go back long enough, just long enough, you will realize that it is all made up. We say social construct as if it is not known that society constructed these things to build borders in order for certain pieces of paper to mean more than other pieces of paper. I thought a tree was a tree. You could call it an oak or a willow, if, but if you make a piece of paper from it, it's the same goddamn thing. Equity is and will always be the answer. It is not what you are born with, but what you are born to do if given the proper tools. And now the tangent has gone far away from God and faith and man and mistakes. So I'll try to bring it together for one last sentence. We are all fools. We must acknowledge that. We must learn from that. And we must make something from that. Or else, what did all of us die for? The end. Yeah, Rich. Uh, it's the official mic drop for the night. Uh, that was, um, you know, you just uh, you just made 2020 the poem, um, and I couldn't be uh, more taken by it and impressed and blown away and just captivated by what you said and agree with everything you said um i i i i am really you know i i've said so much and you know over the course of the last two poems you wrote tonight but but this was this was this was really something else man and it was really important it was important and once again to have this come from a bible verse um and to be extemporaneous such um such a testimony to your your talents, Rich, and also to um, the meaning and the relevance and the, the, the significance of what you said. Thank you, John. Um, thank you for your thoughts on that. I mean, it's, it's literally taken like th three simple sentences that could be said at any point in time in history. But I think um, what it was, it was actually, it was the last line, the, um, the woman folly is fickle. She is inane and knows nothing. Was like, I saw that and then I went to read upwards and like, all right, what led to this? And again, I'm coming from Proverbs. So it's all, Proverbs is probably the most poetic book in the whole Bible besides Revelations maybe. But it, it just, it, it gets to the bone of it when I think of the inequities that exist and you just and you read a sentence like that and it just and it it makes you wonder it's like all you have to do is look back far enough and you can find out where all the potholes and like missteps we've made and not to say that it's going to be easy uh hell like we we can't understand each other even if we're standing in front of each other um but you know, I, I think because of your comments, I will do a more constructed job of getting these pieces um, scripted.
written down because obviously they only exist in the air right now. And um, yeah, Kay, I, I saw I saw your comment. Yes, I'll, I'll for that sentiment as well. Um, so people people love to quote the Bible, but not all of the Bible, and that that becomes the problem. You you can't you can't pick and choose. And this outside of religion, people tend to pick and choose what facts or what words they want to use to push their mission. And if you're not going to use the whole the whole thing, don't use a bit of it. Uh, eat a steak, eat a bit of the fat, taste it all. And with that being said, it is 9.22. That means it is last call. So if anybody has any final pieces, now is the time. So to start off last call, Jonathan, if you have anything left, the floor is yours. Sadly tonight, Rich, I, I don't think I got anything left, but um, just a, a pleasure to hear some more uh, from all the amazing people here tonight. So, Fair enough. So just going in order, Kay, any fuel left in the fire? Yes. So I took a, a trip down all of my poetry um, writings, I guess, and I found the first one that I have I think I had ever written in probably six years. And this was um, over a year ago. And it's really what um, got me started thinking that like, okay, this is actually something I could do. And I was also in active addiction. So um, it, it's a very special piece to me. I think it really paved the way for how I was able to um, overcome my addiction. So here it is. I don't know if I'm shaking from the cold or if it's from the anxiety you hold. When you feel pain, my mind goes insane. I tell you to breathe slow and try to let go, but I know it's easier said than done and that the hurt isn't fun. I know you can't pinpoint the how, but I'm here with you now. Take my hand, pretend your toes are in the sand, at a beach with beautiful waves, as the sun shines down in perfect rays. I'll keep you close because I love you most. Together we'll get through this. I'll help you find your needed bliss. Away from the cold, the shakes, everything anxiety makes. Tranquility and peace we will find as we fight together to clear your mind. Just lay your head on my chest. I promise I'll do the rest. And that is the end. That was, um, that was really nice, Kay. I like the uh, rhyme scheme made it seem like very melodic, like, you know, rhythmic. Um, so I really like that a lot. And it's very empowering, you know, sometimes. Uh, it's easy to get caught up in your fears and your anxieties, and um, it's nice to try and calm down and have a level head. Thank you. Yeah, I, I have this happy place that I go to in my head, and it's me surfing, so this kind of represents that. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Kay, this was, um, this was, as always, just a great piece and really meaningful, and I, I feel like Alex, you know, uh, said pretty much everything I I had, but uh, I, I always want to. I always want to reiterate. Um, you, you know, it's so amazing. It's really brave and just incredible that you're able to share all this and and um, and, and and use it as a platform to help other people and not just to heal yourself, but to help heal others. And that's that's really really special. And it's it's really you know it's integral. You know, going off of the poem Rich wrote. I mean, we're living in a world that's falling apart with inequality and bias and hate and um to be able to be raw and honest and to show to show our scars um 
I think that's the way forward. It's once we show what makes us human, what the flaws and to not, not celebrate them, but not shy away from them and not to hide them and to, to embrace them and use them as a means of unification and showing the commonality. That's, you know, that's the best thing I think anyone can hope for right now with what's, what's happening. And your work always speaks to that K. So just want to thank you for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. It, it really does mean a lot to me that I feel, you know, safe here and um, that you guys can just hype me up. So thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, that's it, it's awesome man. and speaking of hyping people up don't forget tomorrow is thursday night cypher on the discord so starting i believe at eight o'clock or whenever the first person after eight o'clock decides to hop in join in spread the love spread the vibes have a good time and with that alex i'm sorry no atomic flop if you have another piece for us tonight the floor is yours would it be okay if I just like said a quote from a Tumblr sure. Okay, this, um, I just found this today and I really like it. It's, um, what if I told you that the world is burning and we are the charcoals laying on the flower bed, watching stars at nights, unaware of the flames consuming our lives. Uh, it's from A.M. Wallowitz and I just thought that was cool. Definitely cool, I like that a lot. Kind of makes you think about things. Yeah. Much appreciated. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, Rich. I'm sorry, man. Uh, I just, I just want to jump in and say uh, really quick, like, I love that. I love that, that uh, quote. And, um, you know, it just makes me feel like somebody better put this fire out quick or we're all going to the barbecue. <laughs> so <laughs> that's all I have to say. To, to, to sidebar that, let's just hope we're burning for the right reasons. Because, uh, of course, the de de devil's advocate over here. All right. So thank you for that atomic flop. Um, yeah. So, again, like all, all forms of poetry, literature, song, whatever, if you think it is a benefit or just something you feel like it needs to be shared, all means, take up the time for it. Now, Alex, if you have something left, the floor is yours. Uh, yeah, you know, I was just, uh, again, just going through my Tumblr. I found something, um, I gotta say, I uh, was quite a, a low point for myself back in high school. Um, but, you know, I decided I'd just go ahead and read it anyways. Um, so yeah, at the time, I remember I was just dealing with a lot of um, interactions with people and realizing, you know, certain way that people can be um and uh it's just my way of coping with it i suppose i titled it beyond the illusions it seems so cold and empty that look from across the room there is no light it can't be this horrid darkness it's too soon no one but the night it feels so typical when not needed left out of sight it just seems so cynical. The darkness awaits in me. It is my truest friend. These thoughts are chains, see? But at least they stay to the end. Expectations set too high only to be crushed so low. Slowly these hopes die 
and these emotions will not show. And where does it stop? Nowhere. It's ongoing. So soon the last hope will drop, but the winds will continue blowing. That's the end. Alex, I just got to say, dude, I, I, I love your, your older poetry just as much as your new stuff. I'm just, yeah, I have to just flat out tell you, I think it's, I think it's so well put together and thought out. And, and, I, and I've used this word quite a lot tonight, but I have to say it's, it's very profound. And considering you wrote this uh, at a much earlier point in your life, I mean, it should give you an idea of like how, how truly like, you know, receptive you are and, and, and per- perceptive you are. Uh, and, and uh, I should say, and how, you know, even though you've internalized all these things, like you're able to express them now, even as an adult, um, in ways that far exceed even, you know, what I guess you even thought maybe you were capable of back then or what you expected of yourself. But again, so much truth and beauty and meaning to what you wrote back then and equally as integral to your, to your legacy, Alex, as what you write now. So um, keep these things in tandem and bring them together and allow them to shape and influence your writing um, in unison. Not don't let it, don't let it divide you. Like don't let the critic in your mind break you in half. Use, use both aspects of yourself and your history as a writer to propel you forward. Uh, thanks, John. I, I really appreciate those words. Man. All right. Um, my, my last thoughts on that are just that I think because you're older reading an older piece, there's more maturity in your deliverance. So when you see those words, your articulation of past thoughts comes across more clearly and more calculated. Yeah, I'd say that's very true. All right. Uh, With that being said, C, if you have anything left for us tonight, the floor is yours, and then I will close out the night. Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, This piece I wrote um, mainly because we're in lockdown and um, all our beaches are closed, but I live on an island and being in the, the beach and, and the rivers and stuff, it's important to me. So I read how I felt about that. Um, there's an ache that grows within when I've been away from the trees too long. Some part of me that craves the sound of the ocean waves and sighs longingly at the thought of floating in water. I feel like something is missing. I feel a prick of tears at pictures of fields and the sprays of waterfalls. Like my lips for salt and breathing desperately, hoping to get a scent of brine and mud and green and river water lapping against the banks with the push and pull of the tide. I've been outside, but I have not been to the world. Too long have I been torn from nature's arms, flung free from roots and kept away from bark, and forced to breathe saltless air and listen to water flow without roaring out its name. I am tired and withered. The end. See, this was, this was my favorite piece yet that that you've read to us i love all your all your pieces that you've read to us and and uh and similar to what rich said i want to thank you again for being here tonight because this is it's so amazing to always have uh such talented writers new writers with us and um you're definitely um definitely part of that and um this this really spoke to me because i was just saying earlier today um with, with with someone i was talking to on the phone i i said how 
this whole lockdown, this whole fiasco of this year, um, it, it has removed us from things that make us essentially feel human. And, and, and nature is a huge part of that. I mean, we are, we are part of the earth. We are, we are, we are animals. I mean, really, I mean, if you think about it and we are, we are so, um, so inextricably linked to that. And I feel like it's often, um, overlooked how important it is to be a part of nature and to dwell among it and to embrace it, even if you're not the most outdoorsy person like I am, but I do love being in it and I do love appreciating it. And I see much beauty and meaning and significance in nature. And this particular piece that you wrote, um, it was so, I mean, your imagery and your, your, your wordplay here was gorgeous. And it really captured that feeling of being ripped away, like you said, from the arms of, of I guess, what many people call our mother being ripped away from something that allows us to get in touch with what truly makes us us and um when we lose that we start to lose meaning and we start to lose purpose and i feel like that's why the world is sort of devolving into chaos because we're losing that we're losing that ability and to for us to have that mirror held up to us that and and, and to have these 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 um, basic rights removed from us. You know, even the cavemen were able to go out and see, see the sky and to have friends and whatnot. So for that to be taken from us, uh, it's, I, I can't imagine what damage this will do to the psyche long-term and, and, but it makes for in, incredible poetry and yours was incredible. <laughs> so awesome job. Thank you. Yeah. It's like I said, I live on an island. So Normally we go to the beach at least a couple times a year and we haven't been able to do that at all. This is might be the first day I haven't gone to the beach in my life. So <laughs> that's weird. Well, as always, uh, thank you for sharing. Please, please come back, uh, spread the word, bring a friend, bring two friends, whatever it <laughs> takes. This is, uh, th this is fun as much as it is therapeutic for the rest of us. So the more we get to share, the better it is. And with that being said, it's time to close out the night. <clears throat> so Imperial Lefty here, one last time, reading from the Book of Revelations, chapter 21, verse 11, the large white throne. Next, I saw a large white throne and the one who was sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. Earth has been here long before our eyes knew what colors were, long before our breaths knew to breathe air, long before the soles of our feet found purchase on the soles of ourselves. We are fleeting words and sand and structure. We are fleeting, blood and dust and revolving doors of what's new, what's next, what's enticing, what's trending, what's trembling. I have wanted to eat my own reflection because I knew the glass would tear things up inside of me that I could not share with the world. If there is a throne to be sat upon, let it be your own. Build it 
with whatever you can scrap together, your favorite books, your favorite smells, your favorite foods. Take mother's home cooked pot pie, something that is comforting and make it the base. Give yourself that one gift because life takes so many things from us in such a short amount of time. I do believe there are angels and they know that we are lesser beings. They were born to know that, created to know that, but we still have our place. If we can build, then we can build. If we can break, then we can break. If we can build, then we can break and we can start over again. Rubble is rubble, but we made glue. We're inventors, we're creators, we're creative. We found a way to take lightning and flame and use it to warm ourselves. The things that would kill us now obey. We are such weird creatures. We went from being spear and fang to sedentary, compliant, comfortable, looking for a reason to find excitement. Who in their right mind jumps from a plane that is flying correctly? We have lost our tigers in the brush. We create them now. We look at thrones we want to sit upon because there are no longer kingdoms to conquer. We've done it. We've destroyed it. We've rebuilt it. And we've done it again. I do believe in angels because I believe there are things that believe they are better than me. And that is a bitter, bitter swill to swallow. But I take my pills dry because my throat is strong. My lungs are strong. I digest things well. And maybe one day I'll digest the wings of angels, become something better myself sit on a white throne with a little mark on the side that says, no gods allowed, but maybe I dream too big or maybe not big enough. Good night. That was drop the mic worthy. Perfect way to, perfect way to end the night. Um, you never cease to amaze me. It's just like the fact that you wrote, I think all of these, right, um, during this, is like a whole other spectrum. Um, I think you have such a power with the words you, you write and the meaning that you give to them is what really just resonates with me and makes me like wanna jump through my phone and be like, yes. Um, so thank you for sharing all of your amazing work tonight. Much appreciated, Kay. Um, I'm glad you think I have the ability to write those things down. That's not even the case. These I have to go back and listen to this recording in order to get this stuff down. So um, it's, it's going to take some time. Wait, wait. You didn't even write these down? No. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yep. There's no, there's, I can't, I, I can't even speak right now. You're amazing. You are amazing. I mean, Rich, you know, nothing else I could possibly say that I haven't already said, except for the fact that, um, 
you know, when you're talking about the pot roast, man, I was getting really hungry. I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I, I dropped in the chat that you were going to Flavortown there for a second. You were, you were talking about the food and I was like, oh man, that sounds, that sounds really good. And I, but no, um, seriously, uh, I mean, what, you know, kind of what Kay was saying, um, you know, Rich, the fact that you can do this, you know, um, again, extemporaneously is, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's on, it's absolutely unbelievable. And, um, I, uh, I, I, I love the imagery in particular in this piece, you, cause you were playing with that natural imagery and, you know, juxtaposing it against like divinity, but grounding it, you were, you were grounding divinity here, you know, and, 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 and applying it to, to what, you know, to, to humankind itself and finding that, finding the better angels, so to speak, within ourselves um, um, and within what we have here in our limited capacities. And that was uh, a hell of a way to end the night and spectacular. Much appreciated for the feedback. Uh, please never compare me to Guy Frieri. That, I, I, I don't appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know it's done with a good heart, but I can't stand the man. Um, that being said, um, yeah, it's we we are who we are we do what we do we take as much power within that as possible um again like you guys talk about like the extemporaneous or like the i i, I read a piece weeks ago that said poetry is easy just speak and i i do try to as best to that skill set exemplify that like um I'm just glad that it, it resonated, that I was able to do this relatively well. And, you know, this is fun for me. Like this, this will always be fun for me. Like, so thank you for making it fun. Thank you for giving me some honest feedback, you know. And John, uh, once this recording comes out, this will be the first three of that 12 piece series that, that we talked about earlier. So we'll, we'll, we'll work our way around that. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So with all of that, all of that, all of that being said, this has been another edition of right under the influence, open mic and spoken word podcast. We had an amazing group of poets and writers and people here tonight just sharing their experiences, sharing their thoughts, sharing their their dreams and their their just personalities. So take care, be well, be kind. Listen to not only this edition, but all prior editions. Check out our Discord. Just search right under the influence. And also check out any other um, things on our Spotify channel, such as roundtable discussions, where people just, as the phrase goes, shoot the shit and talk about life. So that being said, the recording will end, but we will keep the, the Zoom room open for any last comments, questions, concerns, or good vibes that we have for each other.